friends and introverts. Welcome back to the You're So Quiet podcast, or welcome if you're joining us for the very first time. As always, I am your introverted host, Chelsea Brown. This week, we are going to do a bit of a deep dive on this absolutely wild season of Love is Blind. It is season three. Each season is crazy, but this season even more so, to be perfectly honest. Just a heads up, this episode is full of spoilers, so if you have not finished it yet, go ahead, finish the season, watch the reunion also, and then come back so we can discuss. All that being said, these are just my opinions. Like, these are real people. I'm not roasting them. (laughs) I'm just giving my opinion on what we saw in a reality show. But before we get into that, let's do our customary mental health check. We're going to rate our mental health from 1 to 5, 1 being horrible, 5 being amazing. I am currently sitting around a 3, not horrible, not great, but you know, kind of middle of the road. I am going through a personal thing still, don't know how I feel about it, don't know if I want to talk about it, so I'm just not going to yet. I also did a pitch event I think two weeks ago, and I went through and I submitted my book to any agents or publishers or editors that showed interest in my work, and I'm still waiting to hear about that, so that's kind of stressful to be honest with you, but it is part of the journey, I guess. So I'm doing that, and then I'm back to playing tennis. I play probably twice a week now. I play Monday nights and Wednesdays, and I started playing again just in time for the season to be over for the holidays, so this coming Monday, well, I guess the yesterday, when you're listening to this, will be my last match until February something, so that'll be interesting. Um, I'm also having, like, a health issue, which I usually don't have. I'm a pretty healthy person, but I'm having a lot of episodes of vertigo, which is very strange. And so here's what happened. So we went to get the Tesla this past week on Tuesday. And it's amazing, by the way, in case you were wondering. Absolutely love the car. It's beautiful, fun to drive. Anyway, I was driving the car home because my husband let me (laughs) drive it home. I've never had like a new car experience. So it was really nice and really fun. And then we're off the highway, thankfully, and we're on one of the side streets or whatever trying to get back to our house, and I'm at a stoplight, and I can feel that, like, buzzing feeling in the back of my head, and I don't know, like, I know what it is, but I don't know why it does that, but I tell my husband, who's in the passenger seat, I'm like, I have to pull over. He's like, why? What's wrong? And so I tell him I'm starting to get one of those vertigo things again, so I was able to get to a parking lot and stop before anything happened, which is very lucky because when that happens, it feels like everything is spinning or I'm spinning and everything is standing still. I don't know, but it's it's very unenjoyable. It makes me feel sick to my stomach and it's never happened while I've been driving before. So I don't know if it's getting worse. I don't know what triggers it. I have some theories. I think it could be like blood pressure changes. I think it could be low blood sugar, but I don't know. So I finally made a doctor's appointment and I'm going to the doctor next week and hopefully we'll be able to find out what the heck that is because I can't have that happen while I'm driving. Like that's very dangerous, not only for me, but for everybody else on the road with me. 
and I don't want to put myself or anyone else at risk. So we're going to go ahead and do that and hopefully get that figured out. And the final thing happening with me is that I was supposed to do jury duty on Friday, this like past Friday now that you're listening to this. And Thursday evening, they send me an email saying, you've been rescheduled until January 6, 2023. So... Like, I'm just trying to get it over with, you know, and I understand it was supposed to be during Veterans Day and some judges canceled court, some didn't, some people were rescheduled and I was one of the people rescheduled, which I just wanted to get it over with. So I called them and I was like, hey, I was just rescheduled. Can I come in sooner? And they're like, oh yeah, you can just come in today or come in the day that you were originally assigned, but you have to talk to a clerk when you get there and then get everything moved over. So I opted not to go on Veterans Day and to just go in December, I'm sorry, in January when I was actually reassigned because it's like a 55 minute drive from my house to downtown and I'm not trying to drive an hour to be told, oh, I'm so sorry, you have to come on the day you were rescheduled. We can't fit you in, even though like someone said that I could do it. You know what I mean? So I will be waiting until January 6th. If I get rescheduled again, I am going to call and just ask to be dismissed because at this point, it's been... I got the notice in June and I scheduled for August, but I had to reschedule because we were going on vacation. It was kind of last minute planning. And so I moved it to November and then now it's moved again to January and I just want to get the thing done. So... If it's moved again, it's clearly a sign I'm not supposed to do it. It's a little upsetting that it was moved, not only because I just want to get it over with, but because I had a really cute outfit planned and I don't really go very many places. So for me to have a cute outfit, I was like, oh, it's going to be fun. I can take the Tesla downtown. It's going to be good. And then it was canceled. So that was that was irritating. Um, And all of that combined with the fact that I just feel... A little seasonal depression-y. I haven't really been on top of my exercise as much as I should. And as I'm saying this, I should exercise today. Even if it's just yoga or something low impact just to get my body moving. But we'll see. I don't know. It's like really hard sometimes to get the motivation to actually start working out. And... I know some people say like, oh, just do it for 10 minutes. And then if you still don't want to do it after 10 minutes, you can stop. But the thing is, I've tried that. You know what I mean? And every time after 10 minutes, I'm like, okay, I hate this. I want to stop. And I do. So I need to get some proper motivation or find something I really want to do to try to, you know, support my mental health as much as possible. So All that being said, this is also your opportunity to check in with yourself, ask yourself how you're really doing, how you're actually feeling. Don't feel the need to put on a mask or a facade or anything. You can really just be yourself here, you know? So check in with you, see how you're really feeling, and see if there's anything you can do to support your own mental health. While you are thinking about that, You can pause me if you'd like because we're going to skip book, TV show, or movie of the week because this whole episode is about Love is Blind. So pause me if you need to. If you're ready to get going, let's go. 
So if you have never watched Love is Blind before, Love is Blind is a Netflix reality TV series. It's a dating show and the concept is that men and women talk to each other through this opaque wall and kind of get to know each other that way without ever seeing each other. And the first time they will see each other is after one of them proposes to the other, like proposes marriage. So already this show is off to a wild start. It's hosted by Nick and Vanessa Lachey. I think Nick was in NSYNC or Backstreet Boys. I don't remember, but that's where he's from. And they're fine as hosts. I don't really have any commentary on them. They're fine. And I guess this show is like their baby, you know? So the concept of the show already extremely wild, okay? (laughs) And it has been wild from season one. But season three is genuinely blowing my mind. So the way this particular season was set up, and I don't remember if it was the same for last season or the season before, is that there are 12 total episodes and Netflix released three at a time once a week for a month. And when I tell you that at the end of each block of episodes, I was dying to know what happened next. And to be honest, I would have continued to watch the show all the way through if I had had all the episodes. I think they do that so people who get the free trial, like your trial is going to run out before you have a chance to watch all of them if like you start your trial, your free trial the first day that it comes out. I think that's why... But I don't think that us long-term subscribers should be punished for people just using the free trials. So I propose that Netflix allows people who have been paying for their service for years, or if you prepay for a year, then they'll release all of their shows on the first day versus like the staggered release. I don't know. Netflix, if you're listening, I, I would love to chat. I have plenty of ideas for your user interface and your release schedule. And yeah, reach out. Let's talk. Okay, so let's start with the couples. There were five couples that made it out of the pods. And what I mean by that is there were five couples that were engaged to be married. There was one guy that I do want to mention, and I kind of hate that I'm giving him more airtime than he's already gotten, but he was in the first few episodes and he was talking to Nancy. And the man would not talk about anybody but himself. And every conversation seemed like just a way to talk about all the stuff that he's done. And when you're dating, like, of course, you want to tell the other person about yourself. But maybe you want to ask like a question or two. You know what I mean? So the man did not ask questions. He talked about where he was traveling, where he planned to travel. He talked about, what was it, like transcendental sex or something. It was, the the man lost the plot early on. And then, I believe at the end of the third episode, Nancy decides that she doesn't want to be with him. He proposed to her. She said no. And then the guy is doing the interview, like with the producers, and it's on camera, and I am not joking, when I tell you he was literally putting eye drops in his eyeballs to make it look like he was crying. Not an exaggeration, okay? Um, And it was so heinous that even he 
was like, oh, is it okay that I do this? And the producers are like, well, if your eyes are hurting, then sure. And he doesn't say anything. He just squirts what looked like half the eyedropper bottle into each eyeball and then continues the interview with like the the fake tears or whatever streaming down his face as though he's so upset about what happened with him and Nancy. Dude, come on. I I don't understand. Okay. If you weren't into Nancy, you weren't into Nancy. I don't know why you proposed to her, but whatever. Whatever. The the fact that on television you are outing yourself as this horrible, horrible human being is wild. Like, I can't even say, well, you know, maybe it was edited weird because even his conversations with Nancy and with the other women could have been edited to where it looks like he's always talking about himself, right? But there's no way to edit you putting 18 million drops of your visine into your eyeballs There's no way to edit that in a way that doesn't show what you are actually doing. And the fact that when you continue the interview, you didn't like, oh, hey, can I have a tissue so I can clean up? No. You let the the fake tears, the visine, run down your cheeks as though you're crying about your lost, precious Nancy that you literally have actually never met. So that is how we started the season. I'm going to skip over most of the early drama and talk about each of the couples and their individual drama and my take. Okay, so we're going to start off with a bang. We're going to start with Nancy and Bartise. Um, Nancy is a gem, right? She's sweet. She's pretty. She is a real estate investor. Like, she seems like she really has her stuff together. She has a good head on her shoulders, knows what she wants for her life moving forward. Okay. Um, Bartiz is not that way. It, it does not appear based on the show that he was a good match for Nancy. Let's just put it that way. And this is clear to me from, from the beginning because they just don't really seem to fit together. And the way that Bartiste spoke to Nancy was absolutely horrible from the get-go because he proposes to Nancy in the pods, right? And then after the proposal, they'll do the big reveal where these sliding doors slide away in this other area of the facility. There's a big long hallway. You can walk towards each other and meet each other and kiss and whatever for the first time. And then... During that, like, it seemed like she was happy, he was happy, it was all great. And then literally, maybe an episode or two later, Martise is sitting in bed with Nancy and telling her how attracted he is to another girl named Raven. And Raven is who he would normally go for, and he finds Raven so attractive and says that she's a smoke show and side side note smoke show is forever ruined for me because of bachelorette it it's terrible anyway talking to nancy his fiance about how attracted he is to somebody else and that already is real terrible like i i am under no illusion 
that once you get engaged or married or whatever, that your significant other does not have eyeballs. You know, like they can be attracted to other people. It's fine. Like that's okay. But maybe like, don't tell me how attractive they are. Go on about it and talk about basically your type is not me. And um, then he tells her that he's essentially, he tells Nancy that he's struggling with the physical attraction aspect of their relationship. So now Nancy feels horrible. Understandably so. I don't know how she remained so calm during that conversation because I think I would have at least started crying. You know what I mean? Like, we're engaged to be married and you're not attracted to me at all. Like, that's terrible. My my thoughts. Um, If, as Barty says, he says that physical attraction is important to him. And I agree. Physical attraction is important. If physical attraction is so high on your list of qualities, why were you on Love is Blind? Okay? It's not like this is a brand new show and we don't know what it's about. Like, this is the third season, okay? And we know what the show is about, okay? You would have known what the show was about probably during your casting. Like, they would have explained to you what to expect, asked you different questions about what kind of love you're looking for kind of thing. And I would assume that to be cast on this show, you probably lied at least a little bit, you know? The concept of Love is Blind is that you fall in love with the person and then like the physical attraction is something separately that you build separately. Um, so he, he was terrible to be perfectly honest with you. There was one time that Nancy was doing an interview and she said like she asked him for a hug and he was like, why are you being so needy? First of all, the fact that she had to ask him to hug her And he's like, no, why are you so needy? Big problems. Big problems, okay? Other problems aside, I shouldn't have to beg you to want to touch me, you know? And like a hug is not, it's not that deep. So I did not like Bartiz. Moving on from the physical attraction, fundamentally, they were not a good match. And this became very clear when Nancy is talking about having children, She was talking about how she's a little older and the possibility of birth defects and things like that is much more common. So she asked him, like, if we knew that our child was going to be born deformed or with a birth defect or whatever, like, what do you feel about ending the pregnancy? And he's like, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I can't believe anyone would do that. And Nancy's like, well, I, I think that I would, to be honest with you. And I think that if I knew that my child was going to be born with a defect that would negatively impact their life, I would abort the pregnancy. And so on that, they did not agree. You can have differing views, right? The problem comes when Bartiz brings this up the first time that Nancy is meeting his family. And then they all gang up on her about how abortion is wrong. Whether you're pro-life or whether you're pro-choice, whatever your views may be, bringing this up in front of your family with your new fiance, like it doesn't seem like the proper time and really spoke to me to Bartiste's lack of respect for Nancy. Throughout the season, there were lots of little 
I say little things, but there were lots of things like this that were really pointing to these people are not going to work, you know? So fast forward to the day of the weddings because they do actually get married on this show, like for real, for real. And so they're at the altar and this is when like we determine if love is blind. Like, do you take this man? Do you take this woman? Okay. So Nancy goes first. They're like, do you take Bartise to be your husband? And she's like, I do. And then to Bartise, they're like, do you take this woman to be your wife? And he's like, I don't. And it, it fell apart so fast from there. Nancy and Bartise leave the altar, go outside, like literally right outside the window to have this discussion. Nancy's mom tries to come and intervene. Nancy's brother, her family, like they're all trying to be there for her and she's asking them to go away and it's like this whole thing and obviously they didn't work out. I will give Bartise credit where it's due and say that when the reunion came along, based on his behavior throughout the season, I fully expected it to be a dumpster fire. Like, fully, fully a dumpster fire. It was not, actually. I don't know if he got some PR training or what, but he just, like, apologized for his behavior and then shut up. So, props to Bartise for that. I also have to kind of side-eye Nancy a little bit because... I, I do think that while you can certainly disagree with your partner, I think that on your major ethical and moral issues, you should probably align. And especially something that like might actually be a reality for you. So like the pro-life or pro-choice, y'all might want to align on that. So they didn't align on that. She still said yes. The man told her essentially over and over that he wasn't attracted to her and he was attracted to someone who looks completely different than her, she still said yes at the altar. And to me, that that's really disappointing because, like, you're a smart girl. Like, you, you should know better than this. And I understand we all want that partner to do life with, but is the partner that you want to do life with this dude? Really, you want this dude who barely likes you who thinks that even touching you is such a chore for him so I don't know I was not I was not a fan to be honest of the whole union and I did lose a little bit of respect for Nancy in that situation so another couple that did propose to each other I think Matt proposed to her was Colleen and Matt and let me start at the end in the reunion. Okay. So, spoiler, they do get married. They both say yes. And at the reunion, Colleen looks petrified. I mean, like deer in the headlights throughout the entire hour and nine minutes that is the reunion. So, I'm like, girl, blink twice if you need help because something, something isn't right here. And it's looking, it's looking pretty sketch, especially, okay, so she is sitting, like, rigid. She is a dancer. She's a ballet dancer. Um, so maybe that's, like, just how she sits, but she is sitting rigid as heck on this love seat. And Matt has his one arm around her, one arm on her leg, and his body language is, like, hovering over her very possessively. 
I did not like it. And during some of the flashbacks, the way that he would like side-eye her was like how a parent would side-eye their child that's about to get spanked after after this, like when you're not in public anymore. And that, that was real bad. It was bad, 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 bad. Okay, let's back up. Okay, so we know that they get married. We know that Colleen looks like she's in a hostage situation. Everything is fine-ish while they're in the pods. However, Colleen is rejected twice by two other people. She's rejected by Bartiste and she is rejected by someone we haven't talked about yet. His name is Cole. When Matt proposes, this is like the third time for her. And I don't know if like, if that played any part in this and if that plays a part in why she appears to be in a marriage that's not bliss, you know? What happened was they were engaged. They meet each other. Everything is like butterflies and rainbows. It's fine. And then a few days later or weeks or what, I don't know. I'm confused about the timeline of the show, to be honest with you. But later, when all the engaged couples are getting together for a pool party, Colleen and Cole, a guy that rejected her, were talking by the pool. And Cole said something like, you're the kind of person I would normally go for in real life. And she's like, yeah, I think you're really handsome. And that was pretty much it. Like, they didn't touch. It wasn't anything super weird. I do think it was a little bit inappropriate, but not inappropriate enough to warrant Matt's reaction. So Colleen, literally that night, right after the pool party, goes to Matt and she's like, look, I think I just got really carried away in the moment or something or really flattered. I don't know. But like Cole said he was attracted to me. And I said like, yeah, I'm attracted to you too. I think you're good looking. And like in the real world, like I would approach you. And so Matt um, loses his mind. And uh, (laughs) I was shocked because like we saw the scene that he's so upset about. He did not see it. Okay. He's just going off of what Colleen is telling him. And he's like, I'm done. I'm done. I'm leaving. And he's doing an interview outside and he's like, well, she said that, you know, if we met in the real world, whatever happens, happens. That's not what she said. She, those words literally never left her mouth. And we, the audience, saw this. So this is like a train wreck. Like you're literally watching a train go off the tracks, but you don't know what to do. And Matt is so convinced and strong in his conviction that she would really say this, that he's talking to a producer and he's like, well, if your girl said some, said whatever happens, happens to someone else, would you be okay with it? Doesn't let the producer answer and says... You're absolutely right. You wouldn't be okay with it. Uh, sir, (laughs) excuse you, okay? I'm going to need you to pump the brakes. Needless to say, he goes back in their hotel room or whatever. They talk it out. And the next morning, the next morning, okay, this really irked me a lot. So they're doing an interview, Colleen and Matt together, and they're like all loved up, cuddled up under each other. And Matt's like, yeah, we might have overreacted. You know, that's not what happened kind of stuff. Like, we might have overreacted? We? I'm so sorry. Like, I, if I were Colleen, I feel like I did said something 
kind of out of character, wasn't really appropriate, didn't want it to get back to you in like a weird way, just wanted to go ahead and nip it in the bud. And all of a sudden you're talking about whatever happens, happens, and I'm leaving you. Uh, it was inappropriate, okay? It wasn't like the best move on either of their parts, but it was not worth that reaction. And Matt's inability to publicly admit that you're absolutely right. I made a mistake. I just saw red. I whatever. I apologize. Didn't hear those words come out of his mouth. Okay. Granted, this show is like roughly 12 hours of footage. So I could have missed it. I could have missed it. But I do not recall him ever saying, oh, it was my fault. I apologize. That happened. That incident. And already, like that kind of behavior really puts me on my guard because there is nothing that should warrant you just walking out, screaming at me, belittling me. Like, I mean, we should be adults here. I understand that this is not nice to hear, but dude, you know? So this happens again. Slightly different situation, but similar. So the, the event went like this. The engaged couples We're all out at this bar or whatever, filming, drinking, talking, getting content for the show, essentially. And then the girls decide that they're going to go out and have a girls' night. And Colleen tells Matt, like, hey, we're going out for a girls' night. Like, I'll see you later. And we don't see that part. We are just cutting to Matt calling Bartiste, telling him he has to come over right now. And Bartise comes over, cameraman follows, and Matt is going off on Colleen and saying she's at some bar and how dare she and she said she was going to meet me back at the apartment and that never happened and it's just like the dude is losing his mind, okay? The next morning, it's like, oh yeah, we might have overreacted. Yeah, I just didn't remember what she had said. I'm like... We're going to need to to pump the brakes a little bit on these snap judgments because, dude, you know what I mean? Like, how how is it that you are losing it and not even really over something I did wrong, right? I told you I was going out with the girls, like, we're going to go here. I'll see you later. And then you're mad at me for something that, like, you forgot? I'm so confused. I'm so confused. So yeah, um, that's that relationship. And all of that led me to my conclusion about Colleen and Matt's relationship at the reunion. Colleen didn't really stand up for herself very much. She was like apologizing and kind of, kind of whining, like her tone of voice was kind of whining, like, no, Matt and whatever. And literally blink twice if you need help girl because this this should not be this way like love does not look like this okay love does not look like this at all i don't like it i don't like it for you i don't like it for anyone it is going to be bad yeah okay so that's Colleen and Matt and Nancy and Bartiz i have three other couples but i have like a lot to say so i'll do one more the one with like the lowest drama. And then y'all are gonna have to wait till next week for part two of this because 
I have a lot of thoughts on my final two couples. So let's first talk about Alexa and Brennan. Alexa and Brennan together seems very weird at first because they seem like polar opposites. Alexa is a big personality. She's very loud. She's very open. She's very herself, like fully, fully herself. And Brennan comes across more, more soft-spoken, more shy, more quietly confident. I honestly at first did not think that they would work out because Alexa seemed like too much for him. Like he didn't strike me as the kind of guy that would be able to take her banter and her personality. However, color me completely surprised because they worked out perfectly. And I also have to commend Brennan for how he handled the whole meeting the parents situation. So when Alexa met Brennan's parents, it was very like they went to his parents' farm and she was sitting with his mom and they were talking and it was like very kind of how meet the parents usually goes, but turned up a little bit because his parents know that he's been hurt before and obviously don't want that to happen to him again. Alexa's parents are (laughs) much more protective very obviously, which is understandable because they are parents of a daughter. I think having a daughter is a little bit different than having a son coming from me with no children. Maybe I don't know what I'm talking about, but that's just the perception that I have. So Brennan seemed to be fighting a little bit of an uphill battle, but he seemed to win over her parents almost immediately with just being himself and being who he is. He was very respectful, very kind, didn't speak over anyone, didn't interrupt anyone, didn't bring his ego into the conversation, which I've seen some of the men on this show do. Ahem, Bartise. Um, But yeah, Brennan did amazingly. And with Alexa's father especially, He was like, oh, you don't have to call me sir, you can drop that. But Alexa's mom is like, no, that's just respect. And Brennan, to his credit, did not drop the ma'am sir thing. And that's just who he is, how he was raised, how he is going to speak to her parents moving forward. And by the end of the evening with her parents, Alexa's father is like, yeah, I fully support them. I give my blessing. I think they're going to be a great match. And... This isn't something that I think is super, super common for the fathers of the daughters on reality shows. It always seems a little bit more guarded than that. But her father was just like, yep, I I give you my daughter and here you go. I think I just heard my heater kick on. It is like 40 degrees in Texas right now. I don't appreciate it. But anyway, we are moving right along. So let's fast forward just a little bit to the wedding between Alexa and Brennan. Brennan has agreed to adopt some of the Jewish customs in reverence or respect to Alexa's religion or her culture. She is Jewish. He's wearing a yarmulke. They do the smashing of the glass. They yell mazel tov, like it's the, the whole thing. And I thought that was really kind of him. He didn't really seem to buck too much at that. Like he has fully understood that he's marrying this woman as a full person and not just this like object to possess. Like he seems very conscious of the fact that she has her whole life and she's joining that with him instead of 
like just becoming a part of him. And I think that that is a perfect dynamic for them because Alexa at first, like honestly, I was not a huge fan. Her humor was a little bit off-putting for me. And I think it's just because I literally didn't know that she was joking sometimes. And one of my friends is like this. I don't know if she's joking or not. And it's kind of hard to hard to gauge. But once you understand like that is their humor, they're actually funny. They're actually sweet. They're kind. But it's just a matter of understanding their personality and how they speak. And Brennan does seem to understand that about her. Conversely, Alexa seems to understand about Brennan that he is not that way. So when she interacts with him, she's still herself. But there's this softness in her that I think is so refreshing to see because I think that some people have this idea that when you get into a relationship, you have to either bend completely to the other person or bulldoze your way through and make sure you're 100% authentically yourself. And I'm not saying you shouldn't be yourself. You should be with someone. You should marry someone who you can be 100% authentically yourself. But sometimes the things that we think are ourselves are actually defense mechanisms. For example, I used to be um, very sarcastic, like everything was an eye roll, everything was a smart ass comment. It was a whole thing. I don't do that anymore, right? I don't need to act that way because I don't feel this need to put up a front about who I am. I can just be myself, especially in my relationship. And to be honest, anyone who doesn't like it can go because I'm happy with who I am. And I think Alexa is kind of developing that perspective. She can still be her dark humor, sarcastic self, but she can also be soft. Like Brennan creates this place for her to be soft, to have that softness in the relationship. So those two do get married and seem to be out of the drama for the most part. At the reunion, they really didn't have too much to say to contribute because their union was one of the least dramatic ones. However, they really did condemn Cole saying that he was deceitful which I do think is interesting um, for what we're going to talk about next week, which is Cole and Zeneb. I have too many thoughts on that to give them to you now. This episode is already pretty long, so I'm not going not gonna to jump on that horse quite yet. I will have to ask you to come back for part two, like those annoying TikToks that we all hate but secretly love. So yeah, we will wrap this up next week. If you have not finished Love is Blind and you've made it this far, you know that this show is full of drama. And if you want drama in your life, but not really in your life, reality TV is the way to go. That's what I do. And that's what we're going to be talking about next week. Thank you guys so much for listening and for joining me and for talking about reality TV, which you know that I love. If you like the show and you want to hear more, please rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends, send the show to someone, share the show on social media. I'm pretty active on the podcast Instagram at You're So Quiet Pod, and I like interacting with my audience. So you can follow me there, rate, review, subscribe, etc. I will talk to you all next week. Okay, love you. Bye.